Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hi. Hello. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? (laughs) Yes, it's just Wells. Uh, Today is June 18th, and this is episode 119. My vision may not be 2020, but the course that is. Speak for yourself, dude. We all can't be perfect paragons of mental fortitude. Mental fortitude? physical fortitude. (laughs) I mean, here I was about to launch into the, well, my eyesight's 2015. Look, I've had a bit of a day. Anyways. (laughs) It's fair. um, I mean, to be fair, I did just get issued, like, they gave me glasses when I got my eyes checked for my warrant officer stuff, but they're like, oh, your your eyesight's 2015 in one eye and like 2030 in the other, and you see it 2020, but we're just going to give you these glasses so you can see crisper, so I'm probably just going to use them for driving at night, because why not? That's nice. Uh, back when I was in uh, high school, um, as everyone kind of does, they get um, they'll they'll get stuff from the uh, military military recruiters, and so I was um, so I got a call from the Marines recruiter, and I said, "Listen, man, I would love to, but I got two problems: one, I have asthma; two, I don't have twenty twenty vision. You're probably gonna want someone else." So, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> So they never called me again, which was great. I mean, but anyways, we're yeah. going to... Oh, Marines, you crazy. <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, the Corset 2020, which is coming out uh, in just like a couple, like a month or so. Pre-release is um, 4th of July weekend, so heck ooh. yeah for having a long weekend and uh, getting to play it. Oh, I think this is also the first one, too, where stores are allowed to start pre-release events yes, the Friday at 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon. Which is probably a godsend because I know that there's a lot of people like me now who don't necessarily have the ability to go to midnight pre-releases anymore. Oh God, or just like I could, it would, it's just not a good idea. It would physically destroy me these days. The amount of times that I would used to do like the whole like I'm gonna play four or five pre-releases in a weekend, I couldn't do that now. I I never took the Iron Man challenge. That was at some of the stores that were near here, where basically you pay an upfront discount on all their pre-releases oh, for the entire cool. weekend. I did, and then you would be entered into an Iron Man prize. Um, and if you did the best over all the Iron Man competitors, you would get like another big prize aside from all the little prizes you got for each event, which yeah. was a cool idea. It is, but at the same time, yeah, no, um, not, no. I, not my longest, my best streak I ever did, I think, was one of the. God, it might have been Dragons of Tarkir. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, it's one. Of, it was one of the Tarkir block sets. Um, my game store had the Friday night pre-release then saturday morning saturday afternoon or evening i should say sunday morning ish and then sunday evening and that was the only time i ever did five in a weekend and i walked away with it with a premium deck slivers set because they there was like seven of us from a store that had done the five events so they put five or they put all seven um they made had a little uh what's it called Oh God! Uh, fat pack uh, bundle box from a couple different sets, and we all drew numbers out of a hat. And I was number one, so I picked got first pick, and I picked the Lorwin box. And inside of it was a slip of paper that would say what you won. Um, so I picked up, picked the box, and won the top prize. Uh, other people would get like Ooh. you know a couple booster packs, the new set. Some people got play mats, card sleeves, deck boxes, and I walked away with the awesome sealed product. So nice, sweet. Anyway. Before we get started talking about Core 2020, and yeah, you said, I mean, we've a, already talked a little bit about it, but yeah, I had a, not really. Like we, for, there was the Chandras that were previewed last week, but we didn't get a chance to talk to them, talk about them last week. But oh no, I meant like talking about gonna, We're still gonna put, <laughs> we're still gonna push it back a little bit because Ian, you were at Magic Fest uh, DC this yeah. past weekend. So 
Magic Fest DC, GPDC, or GPDC at Magic Fest, GP, or whatever. I don't know. It, there's too many acronyms these days. I was in DC for the Modern Horizons tournament this weekend uh, that was streamed on Channel Fireball, twitch.tv slash Channel Fireball, uh, hashtag not sponsored. Um, but I mod for them. So, uh, and that because I also know other people from the lovely who work for CFB events. Uh, hey, Dennis, what's up? Uh, <laughs> Uh, they got me on camera actually. And this weekend was actually an interesting thing where they've started. They usually, when you look at a magic stream, you've got one player's board on the left-hand side of the stream, one player's board on the right-hand side. But when you ever watch someone stream magic online and arena are set top down as opposed to side to side. So they actually rotated the camera this weekend. So it had the top down orientation and they had Andy Cooper file sitting behind one player copying down every card that, that player drew so you knew perfect information on one player's hand but not the other so you got to watch and play the games of limited through the eyes of one player you know okay your, your player has this on the field what would probably be the best thing so we were not working with perfect information we were working with semi-perfect information so you could kind of judge as if you were the player which led to apparently really nice uh, commentary um i happened to luck out and have reed duke and maria bartholdi uh commenting on my match so fun fact apparently uh it was supposed to be marshall and ben stark commenting on my match but they were staying at ben stark's house and they got got by dc traffic usually it's only about an hour or so drive from ben's house there and apparently they got caught in traffic and were took two hours instead of one so dc traffic everybody it's unpredictable Uh, so either way uh the only things that reed really was curious about me was my recruit the worthy with buyback and like holding it not playing it like on turn one when i could have but then like waiting until turn three or four and not waiting though i had buyback on it and at the time i was really kind of like maybe thinking about doing it it was weird but so i was the player the very first player hashtag first in the comment section fight me kids um about being that player with the perfect information being recorded and what was really cool is I got to do a deck tech with Riley about my aggro deck. So my pool had like basically a pure red, white aggro deck and then a blue, black ninjas kind of mid rangey thing. And I could literally had, I had both of them sleeved up so I could put my aggro deck back in the box and then ninja out the ninja deck for mass flavor. So choice. So you can ninja out your deck. Um, but I ended up going two and three in the tournament. Not going to really delve into it too much, uh, even though I did have Magmatic Sinkhole, which is pretty nice. Uh, it's a good card in the limited format. But yeah, my uh, I think most of my games I lost mostly due to mana issues. I was running 17 lands in an aggro deck. I might have been able to swing 16. The only problem with my deck was it was so low to the ground that my best, my best, and my best, I mean, largest creature was Wall of a Thousand Swords. I mean, still, like a 3-5 flyer. Yeah, they can tap it still to the only 3-5 flyer. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of other things in green that are just way bigger. Uh, well, yes, yeah. that is what green does. <laughs> yeah, and even black has a lot bigger creatures, too, and blue had some bigger stuff as well. But uh, most of the times I lost were due to my deck mana base just going like, <laughs> that's cute, you kept a 4-lander? Yeah, here. Uh, so what, actually, one of my losses was uh, I kept a 4-lander, three spells. I'm like, okay, this will mm-hmm. be fine. No problem. Have both my colors. Sweet. I even had the uh, the Horizon Land, the red-white one, so I could feel like, okay, if I need to, I can just crack that and draw a card off of it. Um, mm. 
I died on turn seven, proceeding to draw five lands, two non-creature spells. Woof. Yeah, it was... Uh, and then the next card was another land. So it was just like, yeah, okay, cool. I was definitely not playing a game of Magic this turn. And then the next game, I mulled the five. And yeah, it was... Only the five there, in aggro. Done that. Yeah, it was... It was not a fun way to end my day because I went loss on camera, win, loss, win, loss, and was thinking about just doing one more until I picked up my fourth loss. And then I ran into some friends who were like, hey, come in a cube with us. So I went and cubed and I took, uh, I went straight from the school of uh, John Wells School of Drafting, uh, pack one, pick one, mother of runes. And next pick was Journey to Nowhere, and we were off to the races on Mono White. Yeah. And that deck was nuts. I had like 18 one to three drops and everything. Yeah, that's that was... the problem when you get like all the good creatures, and then it's just like, well, how do I make sure that I don't die? Sun Titan. Well, the thing is, I'm allergic <laughs> to five drops, so how do you think I feel about six drops? Uh, It gets back all my three drops. Yeah, but... It's not Armageddon. Yeah, they didn't have Armageddon in the cube. I even asked like well, mid. I even asked mid draft. <laughs> I even asked mid draft. I'm like, do you have Armageddon in this cube? I'm like, no, we don't. I'm like, all right, whatever. Anyway, DC was great. It was fun. Um, I it was 30 minutes from my house. I came back on Sunday to do a the Popper Double Up. Uh, they do little double up events where basically one of the scheduled tournaments gets double prizes on Sunday. Uh, I promptly went. Uh, sat down against a lovely lady forget her name have her written down um she goes swamp and i'm like <laughs> yeah it was mono black control or mid-range whatever you want to call it yeah it had pestilence out of the sideboard it was like with tron seeing mono black means i'm going to turns like i instantly know if i can't beat them quickly i'm going to turns and we went to turns and we tied uh had the game gone drawn out on a longer time scale i actually got a little you know too overzealous i would have kept my graveyard a little more intact because they were able to nihil she able to nihil spell bomb me wet my graveyard but i think over a long enough course i had loops about ready to go um to just start looping things then i went up against uh affinity and this is like the one tournament where i didn't actually pack any darn gorilla shamans in my sideboard so ouch um i got got in game three by a 17 18 double strike trample atog that sounds accurate yeah and i would have only been able to block like 10 damage of that so i still would have been dead so mm. yay yeah and 10 of that blocking was uh 8 8 off my will <laughs> crusher but i had fun uh still hung out with some people got to see some of the coverage team that i'm not going to see next week or probably not for the rest of the year mainly just because i'm not going to vegas i'm not going to any other major events whether it be doing streaming because the, instead of doing seattle they're doing uh, mythic championship three in las vegas uh -huh. this weekend but before we do that i did pick up six more packs of modern horizons because a vendor had a really cool deal where it was uh oh god uh six packs where the deal are you saying they had a sale well it was you buy three packs for it was three packs for like cheaper it was like six dollars a pack but three packs was 15 Mm. so so you're saying they had a sale they had a sale and i bought packs on sale <laughs> so i have four i just picked randomly out of the box i have four uh sarah one of iola and one of d-bag mcgee ah urza yeah the guy's a jerk 
Uh, which one should I open? Uh, I was I was uh, lasered in on Ayula, so let's see what that what's in that pack. All right, we're opening up, Mom. So we're just gonna do a pack one, pick one, and then what we'll do with the rest of this. Hmm, it smells different. Anyway, um, why don't you share the love, Ian? Yeah, deal with it. Anyway, goblin <laughs> token, not foil. Um, our art card is Plague Engineer by mm. Nicholas Gregory. Uh, so I guess Snow Covered Island, by the way. Fun, uh, but we'll draft that later. Uh, so we'll put I'll put the whole pool of these six packs up on Twitter, so you can build a, have a sealed practice if you want. Um, we're only going to do pack one, pick one because we have to talk about some of the 2020 course or core 2020 cards. So starting off is the coolest insect around, Chiller Pillar. By the way, uh, Gabby. Uh, not Gabby Sparts, blanking on her last name. Uh, she will we'll put a link to her costume. She dressed as Chiller Pillar. It was amazing. She had an icy <laughs> and had uh, a shirt that said, I'm low key chill AF. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and a couple of her friends had shirts that said, I'm with the Caterpillar. Um, oh, hey, cool. It's our preview card. Answered prayers. Hey. Told me that. So Chiller Pillar, by the way, three in a blue, three, three, snow creature with insect. Four. Blue or four snow snow monstrosity two meaning you have to pay snow mana as long as it's monstrous as flying answer prayers is one white white enchantment whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control you may gain one life if answered prayers isn't a creature becomes a three three angel uh, with flying addition other types we have goblin war party which is actually one of the biggest cards that I had in my sealed pool for my red thing it's a three and a red sorcery choose one creature. Create three one one red goblin creature tokens, or creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain haste until end of turn. And it has entwine for three and a red or two and a red, so you can pay five red red to get both effects at the same time. We have rhyme tender mm. the one and a green two two snow creature human druid to untap another snow permanent. Changeling outcast the the single black one one changeling that can't block and can't be blocked. I actually like that one so far. Nope, never mind. It's going to get ousted by the next one, which is Mob. Four and a black, instant convoke, which means you can tap creatures to pay for help pay its mana cost, destroy target creature. I really like Mob in yep. this format. It's really good. If you want to go heavy on the snow, which this pack seems to be, like, decently, uh, Iceberg Cancrix, the one in, a, one in a blue O4 snow creature crab. Whenever another snow permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you may have target player put the top two cards of their library into their graveyard we have a crows and tusker which has dropped a lot in my valuation five green green six five was cycling for two and a green whenever you cycle it you may search your library card for basic land reveal it put in your hand shuffle library return from extinction one in the black sorcery choose one return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand return two target creature cards that share your creature type from graveyard to your hand which is nice if you have slivers or well to be fair any bomby creature you have and a changeling Speaking of slivers, Lancer Sliver. Two and a white, two, two sliver creatures you control have first strike. Oh, so side note, I lost to a Jeskai Slivers deck that had Lancer Sliver, the blue one that's the Trilobite that mm -hmm. has like a pay two untap, so pseudo vigilance, yep. and two cleaving slivers, which are the two, two uh, slivers that give plus two, plus oh to all slivers you control. So I lost when they swung in with three. Six two for striking pseudo vigilant slivers. It was bad. Ouch. Yeah, it hurt. Uh, so our uncommon first one: Talisman of Creativity. Two man, two colorless for an artifact. 
that can tap for a colorless, or you can add red or blue to your mana if it deals more damage to you. So it's a mana rock. We have another talisman, okay. Talisman of Conviction, same thing, except it's the red-white one. We have the Ore Scale Guardian, which is actually not a terrible card at all. Uh, five, red, red, four, four creature dragon. This spell costs one less to cast for each land card in your graveyard. It has flying in haste. So it can be a pretty cheap one if you're in that lands in the graveyard deck or milling yourself. Uh, and so, so far, John, what do you think? Mob or the Ors? Uh, I think mob or the dragon because yeah. I, I do like finishers. I do, I do like having ways of ending the game. Yeah, this, the dragon's pretty good, especially with haste. But maybe we could go if this is so this is draft by the way not this this will also go into a seal pool eventually but we have the cloud shredder sliver the red white one one creature sliver that says creatures you can sliver creatures you control have flying and haste uh rare sliver it's one of the better slivers it is and i still think i'd if i was drafting i still think i'd take mob it all depends on how much that sliver deck is going to come together because yeah i think it's between mob and the sliver and I don't know. It depends on how I feel. Yeah, I don't... I think it's one of those things, too, if you know the pod of people you're drafting with, then if you know people are not going to go for that sliver deck, then go ham. Otherwise, I like just this simple removal. Oh, and remember, we have a snow-covered island, which is a draftable card. I don't think that we would would do that, but... What? Anyways. Take take the island first? I don't think you take the snow land first. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I was just, I just had to mention it because it is, remember, in this set, you have to leave the lands in the pack. Yeah, you, it is important because otherwise you're not getting snow lands any other way. Yep. So anyway. Also, if for those of you who are new to Magic and are getting Modern Horizons and getting your snow lands, don't play them in standard. They're technically not legal, even though they're functionally identical to mountains and islands and all their other regards. Yeah, it's weird. Just, just avoid it. In other formats, though, feel free to play as many snow lands as you want because they're legal in every format but standard yeah i mean i play two snow islands in my deck in my modern deck are they like the original ones or cold snap uh i've got cold snap foils right now but i'm gonna try to get some full art foils anyways heck yeah that's what i'm talking let's about. go ahead and move on and talk about core 2020 it's the core set you know it came back last year and it was pretty decent and uh last year as a reminder how mark rose order kind of pitched the return of the core set is it's gonna be pretty simple um, you know, this is for new players. Not that there's not going to be anything for older players, because um, for the, like the new players are going to see a lot more of the commons and uncommon, so they're going to be a little bit more simple, a little bit more toned down. Uh, the rares and mythics are going to be not necessarily toned up, but will be where a lot of the meat is for for enfranchised players like Ian and myself. Uh, and then also, um, M nineteen was also where we saw cards like Isolate, which was white instant uh, exile target CMC or permanent. Non-line permanent with CMC1, um, and I don't think that's all play at all, but it's those type of cards like that, and then the um, another card that didn't see a lot of play, um, I can't remember its actual name, but I only know it by its nickname of Squiggles to Plowshares. It was Black Instant Exile, a colorless creature, you gain life equal to its power, or something like that. Um, oh. Infernal Reckoning, I think is the name. Yeah, that, yeah okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> much I know about it. Yeah, uh, but, you know, the court, this... Core 2020 is going to have some similar cards, and we're definitely going to get to those. But first, one of the things I saw in Mark's article was that, you know, drafting is hard for new players. And if there's 10 two-color archetypes, that's a lot of things for new players to memorize. So one of the um, developers on the team for Core 2020 was uh, Yoni. I don't know their last name. And they said, hey, what if we just make all the archetypes basically three-colored and into wedges? So... 
This set is a wedge drafting set in the sense that I don't know. There's only going to be, I think, one three color card for each for each uh, wedge. Now, but each a quick wedge has its own strategy. Yeah, a quick uh, reminder for those of you who might not know what wedges are. If you have a card in front of you, flip it over to the back and look at the back side. You'll see there's a, pen, a pentagon of five colors. So each color has what's called an allied pair and an enemy pair. Um, the allied pair for white will be green or blue. Enemy pairs are red and black. So for white, white and blue has an enemy pair of red or enemy pairing of red. So that'd be the wedge. We, uh, red, white, blue, America, Jeskai. You yeah. can, that's one way to look at it. You can be like, okay, black, black and blue have the pairing of green. Uh, so yeah, we'll go from there. And that's yeah, yes. Yeah, so. so the the wedge the wedge draft strategies are uh, Abzan, which is white, green, and black. Abzan go wide, which is cool. Uh, Jeskai, which uh, as Ian said was white, blue, red, is flying, which is an interesting draft archetype for red. Uh, Sultai, which is uh, blue, black, green is uh etb control uh mardu which is red white and black that is mardu aggro all three of those colors are very aggressive and then the teamer color combination which is red blue green uh is elemental tribal so if you're sitting at a staring at a pack and you pick a red card um you'll probably see quite a few of them like you'll see some elementals you'll see some uh you'll see some flyers and you'll see some very very aggressive cards in your red strategies so with that kind of out of the way and that kind of framing our reference point, the other thing that Core 2020 is about is it's about Chandra because there's four Chandra Planeswalkers in the set. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about Novice Pyromancer. I'm going to say We're not going to talk about Acolyte of Flame. Yeah, there's four. Yeah, it's the uh, one from the Probably the intro uh, pack. Planeswalker deck Yeah, the Planeswalker Chandra, Chandra yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's but we're going to talk about Which are technically the Mythic legal? Chandra. Yeah. Yeah, it's technically legal. We're talking about the mythic Chandra. Chandra Awakened Inferno. She is four red red for a six loyalty legendary planeswalker Chandra at mythic. Uh, she, her plus two says each opponent gets an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep. This emblem deals one damage to you. Minus three Chandra Awakened Inferno deals three damage to each non-elemental creature. And minus X Chandra Awakened Inferno deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker. If a permanent dealt damage this way would die this turn, exile it instead. Oh, also, by the way, uh, Chandra can't be countered. Yeah, she has... Also, she has six loyalty, by the way. Uh, yes, so, I thought I said that. No, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so this whole... So it's in that spot where we've had static abilities for the Planeswalkers from War of the Spark. We've gone away from that static ability to it just has a, I guess, on the stack static, however you want to call it, but it has a static condition where it can't be countered, which is kind of crazy because get hello, get right into my Jeskai Highlander deck. Also... <laughs> Her plus two of those emblems, emblems stack. Yeah, these emblem also emblems are near impossible to interact with at the current moment. I don't know no, if that are is impossible in... to interact with at the current moment. <laughs> no, no, no. There is technically one card which can interact with emblems. Which one is it from Unset? No, it is a black bordered set. I don't know what is it, John. It is Karn Liberated by restarting the game. Oh my god, you're the worst. Okay. <laughs> it is true. No, like directly interacting. I mean, technically you can kind of blow the experience counters off of people. Yes, that's with stuff like uh what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. There's there's cards that, that you can get rid of counters on. Basically yes. just remove all counters and stuff like that, which will in fact affect people who have experience counters on them, which is a really yes. weird emblem interaction that we're not gonna touch because that was a commander set. Yeah. 
Anywho. But this Chandra, it makes emblems on a tick up, which is the first time that that's happened. I'm 99% sure. And this gives some crazy inevitability. Uh, the only question that I would have for older formats is, you know, six mana is a lot. And if you're a six mana Planeswalker and you're seeing play in formats like Highlander or Cube or anything like that, you you got to bring you got to bring the bacon. You got to do things like Elspeth Sun's Champion is like the first six mana Planeswalker that I think actually saw a play and was like actually really good. Uh, I keep reading that card sometimes and go, how did this get printed? Um, like it's it's I, the perfect control finisher, like the, yeah. the quintessential control finisher, I think, that has ever yeah. been printed, uh, at yeah. least in a standard set as a Planeswalker. Yeah. Now, Chandra, I'm can't be countered as nice. Huh. This doesn't go in. This doesn't go in aggressive red decks. Correct. It's very good in like mid range decks and probably pretty good in and against red based control decks. Her minus three only dealing three damage is kind of sad, um, especially to non elementals. Not that there's many elementals running around anyways. Um, in older formats, I'm wondering if this Chandra is better or worse than Flamecaller, which was the Oath of the Gatewatch Chandra, who is. Um, Four red red for a four loyalty Chandra. Her plus one creates two three one elementals with haste that you exile at the end of turn. Her minus X deals X damage to each creature. And her zero is you discard your hand and then draw that many plus one cards. Um, I played her. I know. She's a very good card. She, I, I love Chandra Flame. I think she had her like a one of in like, it was my cyborg for Jeskai, or was it Grix's prowess even? Yeah. So Awaken in front of her standard, I think is going to be fantastic. Can't be countered is a very relevant line of text. It, her plus her plus two actually making emblems that create inevitability by just one one and if you just keep ticking her up and you never have to minus her it's just like okay next turn you take one then you take two then you take three and that those add up a lot um and then i said this back during the war of the spark kind of mini review that we had with chandra fire artisan with her ability of you know whenever her loyalty is removed she deals damage um, this is a card that is going to demand an answer that is not damage based, uh, pretty effects pretty quickly. And like Elder Spell, Z- uh, Raska's Contempt, uh, whatever other cards like Bedevil that we're going to get in either this set or the next set is going to be really important for dealing with a car- with with a planeswalker like Chandra because counter spells are just bad. Yeah, you put you- now. Granted, <laughs> counter spells are bad right now, anyways. But they're not, see what yeah, I mean. they're not great. But yeah, it's having to deal with eight loyalty on one shot is rough because if you don't kill her and you like knock her down to four okay cool she's back up to six again mm-hmm. and then she's down to two and then she's back up to four and then you finally kill her but at that point you've got three emblems on you and you're taking away with a lightning bolt every turn for free yeah and which is bad being able to deal with yeah and being able to deal with the emblem damage is going to be the hard part with with chandra so uh, let's go ahead and move on and talk about the other planeswalker that we've seen that we're going to see in the packs themselves uh, and his name is Ajani. Uh, Ajani's going to be the White Planeswalker in this set. Meow. Yeah, what does Ajani Strength of the Pride do? So he's a two white, white legendary Planeswalker Ajani at Mythic, of course. Uh, for five loyalty, you get a Planeswalker that has a plus one. You gain life equal to the number of creatures you control plus the number of Planeswalkers you control. Very in flavor for Ajani with his story where he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a minus two of create a 2-2 white cat soldier creature token named Johnny's pride mate with whenever you gain a life, put a plus one plus one counter on a Johnny's pride mate. You literally he finally make, makes a Johnny's pride mate. He actually makes a card that exists for one in a white. In War of the Spark, no less. In War of the, yeah. So you can have a Johnny's pride mate on turn two, 
a Johnny's primate on turn three, a Johnny's primate on turn five, because you're probably going to plus one and then start making cat tokens. Uh, and also has one more, a zero. So there's no technical ultimate on a Johnny. I mean, but this is this is the ultimate. I'm yeah. This makes this me wor- this ultimate. really makes me worried about him as a Vorthos because yikes. Uh, so if you have f- at least fifteen more, or fifteen life more than your starting life total, so in standard it's gonna be uh, thirty five, or in commander that's fifty five. Fifty five. Uh, so fifty five. Fifty five. I know how to count all the way. Uh, if you so if you have more than your starting life total, you exile a Johnny. Strength of the Pride, and each artifact and creature your opponents control. He goes so ham on everything your opponents control that he gives away himself. I mean, that's a pretty good um, outlet for it, and, as, and it's an easy way for them to put a minus all his loyalty without having to do so. Uh, that's a f- that's a four mana wrath. If you have single, 35 life, yeah. which you gotta work for. If you, if you have 35 life, that is a single-sided wrath. Yeah, and then you win the game shortly thereafter. It's uh, it's definitely interesting. It's not something that I would have expected, but I'm all for uh, Ajani making Ajani's pride mates. Oh my god, it's about time! It really is. Everyone's like, it's just, "When are we gonna get well, like Ajani actually bringing along his pride mates?" Cool, we're there. No. We did it. We did it. Reddit. This and- is just like the future sight creature cycle <laughs> that made that you you discarded a creature, you discarded a card. And then you made a token that was a card that already exists. I think there's one like, like called Lanawar Elder that made Lanawar Elves. Oh, well, I like that. I like they did that. So up next, we have right now a four pack. We don't have the fifth one of the cycle, but the ley lines are back. Well, some of them are back. There's there's at least one new. Well, one. I meant ley lines um, in general are back. Yeah, in standard. So yeah. f- we'll, we'll go with the the we'll call it the ley line text. So if ley line of blank or insert name here, is in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield. So, mm-hmm. for instance, what has been seeing a lot of play in modern recently is Leyland of the Void, which is the two black-black enchantment, where if Leyland of the Void is in your opening hand, you may begin with it on the battlefield. If a card will be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, that means from the library, from your hand, from the battlefield, exile it instead. This has yep. become the card du jour, for cyborgs in modern now, considering everything in its mother seems to be using the dang graveyard. Looking I mean, at you, Hogak. The zone in all of magic. Yeah, looking at you, Hogak, and Phoenix, <laughs> and Dredge. Um, this card jumped to $50. It has not been printed since Magic 2011, which was in 2011. Because I don't think they went to the core <laughs> sets. No, it was 2010, wasn't it? Now, Leyland of the Void actually was originally printed in uh, the original Ravnica block. Guild Pact, yes. But yep. it got a reprint like a year or two later and then has been reprinted in the last like eight years. Yeah. Um, it's back in standard. Hooray. Which is going to be great against Arclight Phoenix in standard, no less. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, ugh. Oof. <laughs> yeah. The other uh, ley lines that we know about, there's two reprints. One of them is Leyline of Sanctity, which is the bane of my existence. It is the white ley line, two white white. You have hexproof. Yep. Uh, the blue one is the ley line of anticipation, which is two blue blue with the ley line text, and you may cast spells as though they had flash. Um, I was actually thinking if they would reprint anticipation or try to find a new one, a new blue ley line, but I'm like, a lot of the blue effects would be really broken as ley lines. Yeah. Um, I honestly think anticipation is probably okay it'll be fine it's going to be interesting you have to have it in open hand for it to be amazing you don't really want to pay four mana in bl- in blue for this effect no. um, yeah 
But we like, did- forget Vidalcanori. You know that right. that doesn't count. That was Mirrodin. Right. Who cares about Mirrodin? Right. It's color agnostic. Um, but Leyline of exactly. Combustion is a new one because the other yes. two, one of the red ones was bad, and the other one we busted. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of the red ones were all weird. Punishment, like the the Leyline of Punishment is the one where you, uh, players can't gain life and damage can't be prevented. Hey, there's a card that's banned in standard that does that. Look. <laughs> Rampaging Frost on does other things and did nothing wrong. He knows what it did. Anyway, Leyline of Combustion is the uh, two red red enchantment with with the Leyline text. And whenever you and or at least one permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or an ability opponent controls, Leyline of Combustion shocks that player. It deals two damage to that player. So, so ouch. functionally, this serves as a Leyline of Sanctity. Um, yes, this works how you think it does against Storm. Um, so it's just another card that we would have to remove if it's played in modern. Oh, before right. we kill them, you put all the storm triggers um, on the stack targeting you. Each one gets a combustion trigger. Yeah. So I deal twenty to you. You deal forty to me. So that's not happening. You die before you've killed me. Correct. Hot. That is exactly how that yeah, works. Yeah, buddy. Um. So lay out the combustion is just another lock piece that we'd have to be able to remove. I could see that maybe hitting in prison. Uh, I could see it in like a, a red white prison strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're talking now, modern wise because I mean, yeah, yeah, that could, it punishes them from targeting and destroying your, you know, your bridges, your ghostly prison effects, your blood moons. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're gonna take this out, but on the same time, I'm hitting you for two. And they have now, ways of powering it out quickly too, which isn't bad. I mean, I, actually, yeah, that I would not be surprised to see that hit maybe sideboards yeah. of at least the now, prison. The other thing that now for standard, what Leyline of Combustion does is if I am an aggressive deck and you are playing a lot of spot removal and I play Leyline of Combustion into play, that means that you only have 10 interactive spells that you get in your deck with your starting life. And one of them had better be the Le- to deal with the Leyline first. Exactly. Uh, like, yeah, this Leyline deals two damage on the way out. Now, I don't know how much play it'll see. Leylines tend to be four ofs or none ofs. You don't usually play like three or two, so you really have you have to have a real reason to play these in your in your deck. Uh, now, Leyline of the Void, I think, is an easy going to be a four of for decks that can cast it. Esper Control, we'll it, probably just bring it yeah, in for if, sure. If you can't deal with if you can't deal with Arclight Phoenix in any reasonable fashion, this is the best card to do so. Uh, Leyline of Sanctity can also see play if there's a resurgence of Mono Red, especially if it's burn focused. I don't think that standard deck, I don't think standard decks are going to run this out of the sideboard if they can't cast it like Modern does. Yes, I completely agree. Uh, because like putting it in turn zero leyline in, in modern is huge. Putting it in, in standard is not that impactful. Now again, like if mono red is a huge deck, then leyline of sanctity is going to be a hoser, and suddenly your red deck's going to need a way to deal with enchantments, yeah. and it doesn't right now. Nope. So <laughs> I mean, technically, just, you have to be red green for is, cinder vines, uh, cinder vines, or just some other sort of naturalize or disenchant yeah. effect, like disenchant, which is in this set in white. But hey, reprint. Anyways. Moving on to uh, one of the legends, Atemsis, all-seeing. Uh, she is he or she? I'm not sure. Let's call it, let's call it a they. Three blue, blue, blue. Yeah, they. Three blue, blue, legendary creatures, Sphinx at rare. Uh, they're a four, five flyer, and they have two abilities. They have two blue, tap, colon, draw two cards, and discard a card, which is very good on uh, on a six-mana creature. It's a better loot. And then whenever... Yeah, and whenever Tempsis All Seeing deals damage to an opponent, you may reveal you may reveal your hand. If cards with at least six different converted mana costs are revealed this way, that player loses the game. Now, John, um, yeah. judge call. Yes. Uh, does a land count? 
Yes. There you go. Plants have CMC zero. Exactly. There you go, kids. Um, You're welcome. Now, this also requires you to have six cards in hand and all of them be different CMCs, which is not going to be easy. But that's uh, what the Tempest does. It draws two and then you discard one of the things. So you make sure you can craft the perfect hand. And by the way, when you now, swing in to hit them, you can say, still had all these. You're dead. You could do that, but that would just be rude. Why would you have all these, your opponent? Anyways. See, I um, have all of them. All C's. <laughs> See, you lose, you lose, you play to lose the game. Whoever, right? whoever oh, named this card, how that thank you. <laughs> uh, now, the funny thing about this card is um, one of the friends of the podcast, Ruben Bressler, was tweeting about it and asking whether or not this goes in Legacy Sneak and Show. Oh. Because, well, <laughs> if it, because it's, you know, a big creature. Okay. And if it hits them, and Legacy Sneak and Show is notorious for having cards of like a million different CMCs. All right, well, hold on. Off the top of my head, they got lands. They've got the cantrips at one. They've got yep. sneak and they've got uh, show and tell at three, sneak attack at mm-hmm. four, mm-hmm. Um, Emrakul at five, and maybe Omniscience. Fifteen. Or fifteen, yeah. And then Omniscience at ten, Grizzlebrand at eight, uh, Force of Will at five. Yeah, they got they got like eight or nine targets. Yeah, I could definitely get in. And with and with brainstorm, it could be pretty easy to set that up. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm I'm in. I would not be surprised to see it crop up somewhere. Someone will try it out somehow. Yeah. yeah. Next, we're going to talk about some black cards. First up is Blight Beetle. It is one in a black for a one one insect at uncommon. It says creatures your opponent's control can't have plus one plus one counters put on them. So there you go. You, you explore. Decks. You forgot a line of text, John. Oh, I know, because I'm still a little surprised it's here, because it has protection from green. <laughs> yeah, protection is back, even though we thought we were never going to see it again, or at least the protection yeah, because... from, hex, like, the protection from, oh god, what was it? Protection from whatever. The knights we is... had, it was, or hexproof. Like, uh, yeah, we had the, oh, what were their names? Knight of Glory and Knight of Malice, the hexproof from color. Yeah. Um, so you could still attack and kill the other knight. But it couldn't get killed by a kill spell by it. This one just has protection from green. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, it means that and there's reminder text, and they've succinctly put it on there. This creature can't be blocked, targeted, dealt damage, enchanted, or equipped by anything green. I, I there's actually say, like a I cycle saw, of these creatures. I saw someone. There's a red one. I was going to say, I saw someone saying, like, oh, my God, my judge calls are going to be terrible. And it's like, no, man, just read the card. <laughs> yeah. The card literally tells, the what, card and they were, literally tells what protection does. Yeah. So it looks like there's a cycle of these cards or creatures. Like there's also a card called Veil of Summer in green, uh, which says draw a card if an opponent has cast a blue or black spell this turn. It's an instant. Spells you control can't be countered this turn, and you and permits you control gain hexproof from blue and from black until end of turn. So here it has it gives you hexproof instead of protection. Whereas you know for Blight Beetle it has just straight up protection from green. And I'm gonna it's gonna be very interesting to hear the uh, play design reasoning for bringing back protection after now i know that protection wasn't dead and gone because when they said they got rid of it they put protection from instance on you know ember cool um the promised end <sighs> so it's not like protection was forever gone it was just that they were using it less that was still so a mistake yeah we'll see um oh, but we'll there's see also, how there's also a red there's a red one in a there's one in a red one one for protection from white yes but it gains plus two plus so as long as it's attacking so also, it's yeah. from Theros. It's definitely based on Theros. It's definitely a guy from Theros. Yeah. Absolutely. The next card is Dread Presence. It is three and a black for a 3-3 Nightmare at Rare. It says, whenever a swamp enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. You draw a card and lose a life. Or Dread Presence deals two damage to any target and you gain two life. So 
By the way, friendly reminder to everybody out there, Scapeshift is still standard legal. You got three months, kiddos. Have fun with Scapeshift and standard in this guy. We ha- Oh, also legal and standard right now? Every single shock land. Yeah, th- this bully counts shocks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scape, scape shift, get all your shock lands out of your deck. This is a hilarious win con in the deck. There's also another, uh, what was the other card that got printed or revealed today or something like that? Oh, the, um, it's the, it's the colorless land. Oh, right. We're talking about that. Uh, we're talking about it a little bit. Field of the Dead. Sure. Yes. We'll, we'll mention here. So Field of the, field of the Dead is a land, just land, at rare, enters the battlefield tapped. It can tap for a colorless, but it has a giant chunk of text that says, whenever Field of the Dead or another land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands with different names, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Now, you can scape shift to get all of these extra lands, and then Field of the Dead as one of them. Does this check like uh, Valakut does, John? It, it it does, in fact, check like Valakut would. So if you have if you have seven lands and you scape shift and you sack your seven lands and you get seven different new lands with all different names, you would get seven tutus. And if you have the uh, dead presence out, you also get seven triggers. <laughs> well, if they're swamps. If they're swamps. Which you could in which you could in modern if you wanted to play Urborg, but at the same time that's a yeah this would this would get you a little too far three in modern no in standard this would get you three triggers if you wanted to hit the zombies uh if you wanted to get all the black shock lands it'd be four right okay so you get four triggers because there's four black shocks well and then there's also a swamp yeah so five okay never mind so five five triggers there you go there you go next black card this this is the first card that a lot of people saw um. I don't think this card's good in standard. I don't even think this card's good in modern. Is this? Is this? I think where this card's going to shine is commander. It's the Seb art. It is. Huh? It's the Seb art. It's 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 the Seb art. It is scheming symmetry. Black first rare sorcery. Choose two target players. Each of them searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts the card on top of it. This is a double vampiric tutor for you and one other player. But if you're playing commander, you can be like, I'm going to have you two do this. For whatever reason, um, I think I assume that you're probably one of the target players most of the time. Um, but in being able to make a friend and be like, "I'm going to tutor," and then Ian, you're also going to tutor. John is going to be very powerful in Commander. Two headed giant. It's also really good two headed giant. That's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, me it, and my partner are going to tutor oh, our man, best. It's actually card. at its best in that format. Huh? It's actually at its best in that. Yeah, format. Yeah, it, it's it's purely op. It's pure optimal unless you have a way to basically be like, "Oh, me and you." Yeah, put a card on top of your library. Mill you. Got him. Like in standard, there's ways of doing it, like with Ashiok, uh, Dreamweaver or Dream Render. Yeah. But I don't think in older formats this is quite good enough. Like uh, one of my lo- one of the local friends here in Nashville asked me about uh, whether I'd play this in Storm, and I'm just like, nah. no, so. no, because <laughs> they can look up the perfect answer for Storm. Remember, yeah, Flusterstorm uh, is modern like, legal now, kids. Yeah. Now, granted, it puts it on top, so they'll still have to find a way to draw a card to get that in their hand. But it also is just not something really good. And also, don't forget that currently in Standard, and for the entirety that this card is going to exist in Standard, Experimental Frenzy is still going to be legal. So, <laughs> yeah. Also, the three mana to fairy. Also, Bolus of Citadel. And three mana to fairy. And three mana to fairy. Which means you can cast uh, it at Bol- instant speed. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, and then like, it's, and then also Bolus of Citadel. That's probably the best case scenario for this card in Standard. Is you're playing a, cit- a Citadel. Oh, just two drop what you need. Put, put it on top. Draw it with Citadel. Yeah, yeah that's pretty gross. And yeah, just play, pay, play by paying life. Anyways, 
Um, let's go ahead and move on to probably, I think we'll probably just finish up this color here. Um, and we'll talk about Cavalier of Flame. Ian, what does Cavalier of Flame do? It's a big boy. It's a two red, red, red. That's right. Three red pips. Uh, for a mythic el- creature elemental knight, it's a six, five. It has, uh, one in a red. Creatures you control get plus one, plus so in haste until end of turn. So it gives the team fire breathing in haste, which is kind of cool. Uh, when Cavalier of Flame enters the battlefield, discard any number of cards, then draw that many cards. When Cavalier of Flame dies, it deals X damage to each opponent and each planeswalker they control, where X is the number of land cards in your graveyard. It's an interesting this card. This is another another big red, um, like, as uh, as uh, North 100 host and Canadian Highlander enthusiast uh, Ben Wheeler would say, this is a perfect medium red card or big red card. I don't think a aggro red deck really wants this. This isn't a Glorybringer. This isn't a Thundermall Hellkite where you just play the, the big hasty dragon out of the sideboard and just crunch at your opponent. Yeah, this uh, is absolutely flame. medium red. Yeah, it is a big mid-range threat. And if you're able to discard car- land cards into your graveyard or get them in there some other way by like sacrificing them, like as an example, there's a goblin in the set that is like a three mana two, two or three mana three, three that has three taps, sack a land or an artifact draw a card and that card would be perfect to pair with cavalier flame even though you're really you know mitigating your resources um, but yeah cavalier flame is something that is it is obliquely powerful like a, six, a five mana six five is really good and if you can pay play it when you have seven mana and then you suddenly make it a seven five haste alongside all your other team that also got pumped that's pretty that's pretty big um keep in mind we also don't, don't know exactly how much interaction with getting cards into your graveyard is really gonna happen so far we've only we're only on day two yeah, and then also to consider the fact that, you know, if we look at the Ravnica sets, because those are the sets that Cavalier Flame is going to live with for the longest, for the most time, we're looking at, you know, Golgari, which is self, which has self-mill, we have Demir, which has Surveil. Uh, if you're pairing red with those colors, like in a Grixis or a Jund shell with Cavalier Flame, those are probably one of the best ways to utilize its land in the graveyards text, but we'll see. Um the last card I think that I want us to talk about, because this is a card that a lot of people, a lot of people, I think, well, maybe we'll have some more time, but a lot of people wanted to have a conversation, wanted to ask, why wasn't Goblin Regal Leader in Modern Horizons? Because Goblin Matron was in Modern Horizons, and there's a lot of other pretty decent goblins in Modern Horizons, so why wouldn't they put one of the best goblins in Modern Horizons? Turns out Goblin Regal Leader is in M20. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, man, I wonder if we get, if we're going to get Ringleader... Like, we're literally just Gem Palm Incinerator away from Legacy Goblins in Modern right now. Like, that's... Uh, and then, yeah, and then, uh, oh, wait, Goblin Lackey. Yeah. Do we have Lackey no. in Legacy? Yeah, Lackey's in Legacy. But we have, like, Le- Lackey Light, I guess. It's, Anyways, it's the red, red one, Goblin right? Ringleader. Yeah, Goblin Ringleader. Three in a red, 2-2 two, two Goblin with haste. When Goblin Ringleader enters the battlefield, reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all goblin cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Oh boy. Now we can't yeah, now we can't do the most busted thing because Goblin Recruiter, I believe, is A on the reserve list and B banned in legacy. So we can't goblin recruiter with this guy. But in modern, suddenly we now have one of the best goblin matron targets of just get goblin regulator and hopefully draw a bunch of cards. Um and then in standard, I think goblin regulator is gonna be perfectly fine. 
we have a lot we have some pretty spicy goblins now with dominaria getting ready to leave and m20 bringing in like goblin ringleader uh but you'll be able to play skirt prospector cj commander goblin chain whirler alongside some of the other goblins that we've gotten from the ravnica sets as well as goblin ringleader now and it's just going to be really interesting to see if a goblins deck materializes for the next three months because oh boy um and yeah and one thing people are like oh man we're gonna get a lot of goblin synergies because you're not gonna put goblin ringleader in a in a limited format and not give it at least some goblins to go grab which it does it got a couple today yes there were a couple that were revealed by a japanese site uh none of them i think are really i think gonna get there right now i mean ember hauler was revealed by um one of the japanese players but that's not really a card i think that's you know turning a lot of heads as far as goblins are concerned well, no but it's and there's a bunch of commons that got unveiled too with goblins and stuff yeah on there's it, the 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 one of the red piker that gain with red against flying if you control a flyer yeah i i just think that those kind of things are there we're they have them a common there's a crit like critical mass of goblins is what we're looking for here and mm-hmm. i think there might we might get there if we don't who cares we got ringleader and modern it makes people happy eight whack yep. eight whack just got ridiculous mm-hmm uh, next, well, let's talk about the – we mentioned the the draft archetypes being in these wedge colors. And that and there's going to be one legend associated with each of these three-color combinations. Well, I'm, six, I'm excited first, for this one. Yeah, and the first one that we saw was Kaikar Wins Fury. And Kaikar was revealed by the command zone, and it pulls in very different, interesting directions. It is one blue, red, white for a 3-3 legendary creature, bird, wizard, and mythic. Bird wizard. Being a bird wizard. <laughs> being a bird wizard, they have flying. They also it also reads whenever you cast a non-creature spell, which Jeskai is very good at doing, uh, create a one-one white spirit creature token with flying. All right, I'm on board. And then also it says sacrifice a spirit colon add red. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Like <laughs> I don't. It's so. It wants weird. you to cast non-creature spells, but you can also cast sacrifice spirits to make mana. You just play Jeskai spirit things. It'd be great. You see the fun thing. None of the red. None of the red spirits are really good. That's the problem. You get blue and white, dude. Like blue white spirits yes. is this modern deck. Um, no, so this card, I'm really interested in the fact that I now have a like Jeskai commander that actually cares about non-creature spells that isn't uh, Zedru, <laughs> and isn't yeah. just uh, what's his, what's the other one, the Rhino Shuyun. Oh yeah, well Shuyun, yeah, technically One Punch Man. Yeah, One Punch Man. Uh. I just look at like cards that I could possibly just take and be like, okay, I need a pseudo commander for my Canadian Highlander deck, which is bad because Highlander is single target spells, but whatever, who cares? Uh, this actually lets me kind of bring my Canadian Highlander deck to commander and just be like, mm. let me swap like three cards out that maybe aren't legal in commander and put this guy in there and hooray, Jeskai deck. Yep. Um, it's really interesting. It's, I think it's gonna be really cool and limited. I don't know if it's gonna get there in standard. I don't. Being a four mana three three is rough. And three color pips. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, so with the fact that we're getting these wedges, by the way, I didn't get to mention. I really hope we just get the uh, like. I know we're probably not, but if we get the Tarkir wedge lands back, I would be so happy. I think that's a terrible idea with Shocklands currently. Oh, in it's the a format. it's a god awful idea with Shocklands in the format, but it would make me so happy. <laughs> It would be really cool. I don't think the mana fix is going to be good enough in core 2020 to actually draft three colors reliably, but I, th- we'll I think what they were, what he was trying to, what Mark Rosar was trying to say in his article too, is that they were going to look at focus on like a pair of the three. So you can go hard on two colors and potentially be able to splash that third. 
Yeah. So we'll see how it now, goes. The, another, the, other, yeah. the other legend that got revealed is a is a name that I that puts fear in the heart of everyone who's ever played Commander. Because they made a new Kalia. Not of the Vast, it's a new one. Yeah. Kalia the Vast, by the way, was one red, white, black for I think she's a a two two flyer. Uh, and whenever she attacks, you may put an angel, demon, or dragon from your hand into play tapped and attacking. And that card is not fair. <laughs> it's especially if you cool. know what the dragons, demons, and angels do. It's gross. Because they can Anyways, start chaining each other. But, yeah, but now we have Kalia Zenith Seeker. She is red, white, black for a 3-3 legendary creature human cleric at Mythic. She has flying and vigilance. And when she enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library. That's a lot. Like, normally these type of abilities look only like four or five deep, but she looks six deep. You may reveal an angel, a demon, and or a dragon card from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So Kalia could, theoretically, draw you three cards. That said, that means that you put, you've, you're put you putting a lot of angels, a lot of demons, and a lot of dragons in your deck. And there's no changelings in this format. So. Oh, yeah. No, right? It's like, oh, man, come on. In Commander, I think she's going to be sweet. She's going to be much more fair than Kalia the Vast ever was. And again, looking six deep for an angel, a demon, and or a dragon is whew, picante. Yeah. I, I This is definitely a card that seems like it was targeted to maybe not uh, necessarily hit standard or even draft, but it's definitely a card that Two cal- I two, think that two this could be, be playable cool. in draft. Two, I think this two could. Two are going to be gross. Uh, depends on the demon support we get. I mean, technically, though, we have seen some, so, we like, have it, seen some angels. Okay. We have seen some angels. So here, here's my thing. In draft, she only needs to draw one card. If you draw two cards, you're running away with the game. Um, the problem is that you're going to have to put angels, demons, and dragons at uncommon, which we do have some angels. We have an angel and a dragon, at least in uncommon. We haven't seen any uncommon demons yet. I think we will, though. But it's still possible. We we will, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think in standard, Kalia will be interesting because she's a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three flying vigilance, and that's going to be a stat line that an aggro deck is going to be interested in. Uh, it just needs a demon, dragon, or angel that is, uh, that is aggressively costed to follow them up. I'd have to do some research to double-check because, like... Imagine if this was back in Amonkhet Standard and I got to play my Kalia and I got to reveal Glorybringer and Angel of Sanctions. That'd be a big game. Good God. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> it is gross. Um, and then in Modern, she's a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three that dr- maybe draws a card when she enters the battlefield but dies to every removal spell known to mankind. So I don't think she's a good fit there. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I like I like how they kind of toned down the Kalia. It's like... You yeah. play this Kalia, put it in your hand. You play the other Kalia, put it on the battlefield. <laughs> uh, oh, Commander. That's how you curve out. Oh, Commander. It is. Also, I'm more likely to build this Kalia deck than the old Kalia deck, because the old Kalia deck is just stupid. Um, you'll just kill people with Master of Cruelties, and it's not even fun anymore. Hey, you know what's fun? There's actually what? a card called Zenith Seeker in Magic. Oh, what's it do? It is actually from Amonkhet. It's a three and a blue. Oh, it's, it's the it's, three it's and a blue bird, bird wizard that it's whenever you cycle or discard yeah. a card, target creature gains flying until end of turn. Wow. Okay. So cool. They actually stapled another card name as after the comma because I was looking at our at our show notes and I used one of the add-ons the, the any car, the card anywhere or whatever or auto card anywhere mm-hmm. and it was highlighting Z- Zenith Seeker and I was like, wait, what the? <laughs> nice. Because it only has nice, nice, reprints nice. in here that are actually highlighted. For instance, like Starshing um, Bronodon, which we didn't mention, but yeah, there's a lot of other cards that we want that I want to get to. Um, yeah, John, roll off. I want to close. 
I, I want to close with the card I hate the most. It's called Rule of Law. <laughs> it was it was downshifted to uncommon in M20. <laughs> and it's two and a white for an enchantment that says each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. Who did well, this? Well, to be fair, it was also downshifted in 10th edition, but neither here nor there. Who did this? Lol. Got him. Whoever did this, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to open your covers, and you're going to see the head of a Loxodon sitting in your bed, and you're going to be very confused. One, how did the Loxodon get, how the Loxodon head get into your bed? And two, <laughs> who got into my house? <laughs> uh, don't even worry about it. Just don't even worry about it. Um, listen, of all of the cards in Modern, that are Modern Legal, that have been played, um, that makes Storm really sad. Rule of Law is high on the list. <laughs> Have you have it you ever seen it played against you? Card. Yes. Really? It's been a while. It has been a while, admittedly. It costs one more it costs one too much mana right now. That's um, fair. Now also rule of law is really is gonna be really good against Phoenix in standard. Ooh. It's just it just costs one too much mana for modern. That's true. And but if you still play it, I'm going to find you and I'm going to hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> If people wanted to find you on social medias, where can they do so? So, if you guys want to find me on social media, you guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Uh, you guys can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix, D-I-X. Uh, have not streamed much. As I've come to call it, I have the three W's hitting me hard right now. Uh, work, warrant officer uh, packet preparation, and wedding prep. Because that's, yeah. oh my god, like 48 day, 47 days away or something crazy like that. Who knows? Oh boy. Either you're counting or Lindsay's counting or both. Uh, no, I would like to thank the knot for that. <laughs> um, it actually tells you when Fair I tells me when I log in. You have this many days to your wedding. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> John, how many? Or not how many? Oh my god. Ah. Uh, 47 days. I just opened it up. Yeah, 47 days to go. There you go. Uh, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me hanging around a Twitch chat, don't hesitate to say hi. If you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can either hit us up on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye.